we're back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review from Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Domination Sports Nation, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. It is sincerely appreciated. And along with me here today are my fellow hosts, the guys behind the Domination Sports Nation. It is Chris and Dom Lardieri. Sounds like we're doing this deja vu because I forgot to hit the, well, I thought I hit the record button the first time, but guys, great to have you here on the show today. Thank you. Great to be back. All right. Yes. Back after such a long delay. Yes. (laughs) All of 20 seconds there, but First thing I wanted to head into as we go into week seven in the NFL, a rash of injuries to the Baltimore Ravens. And you thought with the kind of injuries that they've been suffering over the past few weeks at the running back position, you thought, eh, this team is going to be out of contention. Not only are they not out of contention, they've been playing well. Obviously, Namar Jackson is still doing a very good job as a dual threat quarterback that he is. But I wanted to go ahead and hit you guys up with this. If you would have told me three years ago that a running back lineup of Le'Veon Bell, uh, Devontae Freeman, and also you've got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, you've got Latavius Murray, all these guys would be trotted out there by one single team. I would have thought you're crazy. Latavius Murray is the latest to be out of the lineup. So now you've got Devontae Freeman starting and you've got Le'Veon Bell backing up. What the heck's going on in Baltimore, and how are they still succeeding? Uh, it, it's pretty amazing, and especially when you consider the Giants, who are now in need of running back help, uh, let Devontae Freeman walk away. Not that he's a superstar, but I, I think the bigger picture is that you get a guy like him or Le'Veon Bell off the scrap heap, and they can do good things behind a quality offensive line, unlike what the Giants have, and a multi-dimensional threat of a quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Now, uh, I don't know if there's some sort of curse with running backs in Baltimore this year, but when you're getting down to Freeman and Bell, who've worn a lot of tread on the tires, I think long-term that could be worrisome, but uh, it's a great next-man-up story. And we had Bell earlier in the season. We took him on a whim, I think, in the last round of our draft, thinking he might play eventually. And there are a lot of other guys getting reps in front of him. And now, look, he's now the backup. Absolutely. And Devontae Freeman, just to let you know out there, not to make it any more painful for you, is averaging six yards a carry. So that's very interesting how this has all played out. Dom, I want to ask your thoughts on this. If you've been keeping an eye on what's going on with the Baltimore running back situation, you thought that, okay, look, they're getting all these injuries. We're just going to go ahead and utilize Lamar Jackson even more than what he has been doing. Seemingly, they've been still relying heavily on the running back situation, so fantasy owners need to be aware of that as well. Yeah, I've seen Latavius Murray's available in a lot of leagues, along with Devontae Freeman. He's been on the waiver wire, and then now Le'Veon Bell, too. So if you can snag any of those guys, I think that's a win for you. Absolutely. Right now, Latavius Murray is, though, out of the lineup and will not be playing. But still, with Devontae Freeman now starting and Le'Veon Bell backing up and All three of those running backs, those name running backs, getting quality looks, getting quality touches in the backfield. 
along with what they're doing with Lamar Jackson, it seems very interesting for fantasy football owners out there if they're interested to go ahead and pick up some quality running back depth right there to help you out because I know a lot of teams out there are starting to feel it when it comes to the injury bug. I know I am on both my teams. So I know if people out there are starting to feel it as well, need to look into what's going on in Baltimore and keep abreast of that because you could be benefiting from it with a nice pickup or two or maybe a trade down the line. But we'll talk about that in a couple minutes as well. But Chris, I also wanted to hit up on you on this when it comes to week seven. I know there are things trending currently in the NFL. We've seen some good things from Josh Allen, who's off this week. So we'll talk about that coming up here as far as the buys and how to maneuver through that. But there's also some, been some really good signs about solid performances out there from individuals I'm a little bit surprised at. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to be another year or two before he became a top 10 fantasy performing quarterback. But even though his team is struggling, he's still performing well for fantasy football owners. Yeah, it goes to show you a fantasy quarterback and a real-world NFL quarterback can sometimes be two different things, especially with the eye test. Hertz is going to continue to have value as a runner. I mean, I was watching him recently uh, on the Thursday night game last week uh, against the Buccaneers or two weeks ago, whenever it was. Uh, the days just seemed to fly by. And Trey Aikman was talking about how, you know, he looks for his first receiver and then kind of gives up and runs. Well, I guess in the development of a young quarterback in the NFL, that's not a good thing, but that's great for fantasy owners, especially if he gets you a touchdown in garbage time or whatever the case is. And, uh, you know, he, he's had shown some flashes of brilliance throwing the ball. Um, I think there's a lot of upside to him as a fantasy quarterback, especially as you, like you said, hit the bye weeks here. If you've got him on your bench, I would be pretty comfortable with plugging and playing him if, say, you know, a Kyler Murray or Josh, Josh Allen is out, he's going to get you steady points. Absolutely. A couple more names on the list I'll talk to you guys about here. One of them is Jonathan Taylor, a name that we haven't spoken too much about, who's been a solid performer now for a couple of years, someone who is rising up the charts during the draft time, is still performing very well, probably was still right now rated as one of the top five running backs in fantasy football right now. So, I want to ask you this, Dom, if you're interested out there, if you don't have him, is he is he someone that you might look into as a trade target? I mean, because he's producing right now at some really solid numbers. Yes, definitely. My dad and I have him in the league that we're in together. He's been a great running back one for us. We snagged him in the first pick of the second round. He's a great pick. I thought he was a steal at the time, and I knew he was going to be the starter, and he took the starting job away from Marlon Mack, and I thought he was good at Wisconsin as well. So if you could give up maybe two running backs or a really good running back to get Jonathan Taylor, I would do it. I would do it as well because it looks like he's going to have himself a really solid season if he stays healthy. I know that's an issue for all these guys these days, but for me, I think as well, the, the major surprise is that Derek Carr, after I thought was going to do the El Foldo act, not only did not, he's actually closing in on 2,000 yards, second in the league in yards. He's got you know, a solid but not super outstanding 10 to 4 touchdown interception ratio, but still very solid. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Chris. Is he someone who you're thinking about possibly putting in in the situation because there's buys coming up? And we'll talk about buys in more detail here in a sec. But is he someone you're thinking about more as a plug-and-play type deal because he's 
just on the fringe of that top 10 quarterback list. Yeah, I, I think he can be, uh, depending on who your other quarterback is. I think he's worth a start. He's not going to get you a lot of the running yards and touchdowns like the Allens and Mahomes and Murrays will, but he's a good second-tier option. I mean, uh, Matt Stafford started off hot, but he's not been nearly as consistent as Carr has throughout the season. And I think eventually the the touchdowns will tick upwards. Um, you know, it, it seems whoever plays running back for the – Raiders, whether it's Jacobs or Drake, tends to get hurt or in the doghouse or something, and inevitably the Raiders end up throwing the ball more. So I think that could be the hint of things to come. And look, um, even with the John Gruden controversy and, and his resignation, team didn't look like they missed a beat on Sunday against Denver. So I think that bodes well for Carr. One of the things I want to ask you, Dom, is in regards to the paradox known as Sam Darnold who is from USC, fight on. And I wanted to ask you this in regards to him. I mean, despite the fact he's thrown as many interceptions as he has touchdowns, he because of the fact that he has run and leads the all, he leads all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns with five. He's actually up there in the standings as far as quarterbacks on fantasy football is concerned. So he's a risky play. But as someone you might want to look at as far as a plug and play, if he's still out there on the waiver wire, because again, we're getting into that territory of waiver wire action as far as bye weeks are concerned. What are your thoughts on Sam Darnold? Yes, he's a good pickup for this week. They're playing uh, the Giants, of course, with their terrible (laughs) defense that was hyped up this year. I'm not uh, saying anything. I'm just laughing. When you're saying that, I can just see your dad squirming. That's all I can say right now. (laughs) It's facts or facts at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, play, they're playing Joe Judge's great defense this week, so I would definitely start him, and I would start DJ Moore as well. He seems to be eating up all the targets, and I've seen Robbie Anderson get dropped in a lot of leagues because of that. He struggled over his first couple seasons, and it's something that didn't work out with the Jets, and seven touchdowns, seven interceptions is not scintillating by any stretch of the imagination is he someone that you're going to keep an eye on or fantasy football owners should keep an eye on continuously? I mean, is this the best we're going to see from Sam Darnold and he'll be just that underachieving quarterback for the rest of his career? Or do you think he's finally going to write the ship on his accuracy because of the top 15 quarterbacks in fantasy football right now, he has just really got to be far and away the bottom of it. And the only thing keeping him abreast right now is those rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he seems to have two great receivers. And, of course, he has Christian McCaffrey, who's injured right now. But once he gets back, that offense is dominant. But something just seems to be holding him back. And like you said, the accuracy isn't there. I don't know if he's still seeing ghosts or what. He issues at USC. Yeah, I mean, he was great at USC. I'll say that. I was worried whoever was going to get him was it was going to be a steal in the draft, but he got drafted by the Jets, so that's an all-time curse. But I just don't like his production right now. I mean, he's good for this week, like I said. They're playing the Giants. If you want to really want to start him, just look at his matchups. If he's playing a really good team, then I would try to drop him or keep him on the bench. But you just got to look at those matchups. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters 
was the last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Nice. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. One last name I want to hit you up with, Chris, before we head on to the two other major subjects I want to talk about is Jamar Chase, who a lot of people were worried about in the preseason because of the drops issue. And he not only has eradicated any of those fears for fantasy football owners out there, but he has far exceeded, I think, my expectations this early on. I know because of where he's drafted, there's a lot upon him as far as expectations, but I didn't see him fulfilling it this season. I thought he would be another two, maybe maybe second, third year. You really start to see that growth, but he's one of the top five scoring leaders for wide receivers in the National Football League right now. And for fantasy football owners, that's got to be a big win. Absolutely. And it goes to show you don't listen to a lot of the noise that comes out there from the NFL media, especially whether it be scouting, combine, training camp, a lot of the things off the field. Hats off to Dom here who watched Chase play at LSU. A lot of people forgot about him last year because he sat out the season. But anytime we watched him play, he caught the ball and scored a lot of touchdowns. So I think that translates well into his NFL career here. I mean, some people were were saying he's better than Justin Jefferson, the Vikings excellent receiver. And I think so far he's exceeded those expectations. Another fact too, that helps is he's got his college quarterback, Joe Burrow. Let's face it. They've got a rapport of some sort and it's translated into the NFL. So I remain bullish on chase. I wish we had had him in either of our leagues, but just from our draft spots, it wasn't possible, but I, I will tell you, we definitely had our eyes on him. So props to you if you own him. And 14 touchdowns and seven interceptions for Joe Burrow isn't bad. I was hoping even out coming off the injury, he would do a little bit better. I thought he'd get a little bit more accuracy because he was just so good at LSU. Dom, do you think still think it's a development and process and that one day he could become a top flight quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I've definitely seen spurts from him so far this season. Uh, they probably should have beaten the Packers. And honestly, the Bengals have looked really good this season, uh, better than I expected. If you get Joe Burrow, an uh, offensive line, which I think the Bengals have executed very well, and you get him some receivers, he still looks like that LSU quarterback, that Eisman winner that we saw in college. And he's starting to look – he's starting to ease into the NFL a little more than we saw in his rookie year, and I think he's going to get better in the NFL. One of the things I do want to talk about, and I'm back here with Chris and Dom Lardieri from the Domination Sports Nation. You got to go ahead and check them out wherever you get your podcast. That is the Domination Sports Nation. Chris, I wanted to hit you up on this because it is now week seven, and there are several teams now. The Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, the Jaguars, the LA Chargers, the Minnesota Vikings, and Pittsburgh Steelers are now all on a bye Jaguars, I don't think many people have players on that team as far as for their fantasy football team. So I don't think that's a big loss. But obviously with the success of the Dallas Cowboys, the Bills, the Chargers, who one week look like world beaters and the next look like they're beaten by the world. Minnesota, which has solid performers there, and Pittsburgh as well with Najee Harris. I think that people need to start being aware of these bye weeks because we're now over the next three, four, five weeks going to see a lot of action in that regards. Your thoughts on how you maneuver 
through these tough weeks for fantasy football teams because if you don't have that depth, you got to find and man- manufacture ways in order to go ahead and get some points and remain on the top of your league. Yeah, the easiest thing to do, what I what I like to do, and Dom does a great job of this with our teams, is look at your roster for next week and see who's got those dashes with a blank on the schedule or no projected points. And that's where you start filling in the blank. So you're not scurrying on Saturday night or Sunday morning looking for a kicker defense or if you're down to one quarterback, a starting quarterback to fill in. Do it that way. And then two... If you've got someone like a a Justin Tucker as your kicker, I wouldn't advocate releasing him. He's got a lot of value, and normally we'd say you could stream kickers or defenses, but a guy like that who's a bona fide number one kicker, stash him on your bench for one week, uh, release that flyer you took on a running back or a wide receiver, and then you've got Tucker for the rest of the season. I mean, we did that in one league. We picked up Young Way Koo against the Dolphins this week. He's a good kicker. If he ends up you know, with a longer-term, better projection than the guy we've got now, maybe we keep him. If not, thank you, and uh, he'll be on his merry way. But don't don't be uh, reactionary. Try to be proactive. Get ahead of the curve. Look two weeks out if you have to. Dearness Johnson was a big pickup this week. He played last night on Thursday night football. There are guys like that that are out there. Maybe you say, all right, there aren't a ton of great running backs out there, but I know my running back's going to be on by. Let me get the second stringer from another team, and perhaps if there's an injury or a benching, I could start him down the road while I'll need him for a buy. And that's something I also want to ask you as well, Dom, is how do you, like you said, coordinate with your dad on these bye weeks? Because for a lot of teams, it can really get pretty ugly pretty fast. Yeah, like my dad said, play the waiver wire. And then another good usage of bye weeks could be trying to trade as well because you know, uh, if there's a good player like out there, like James Robinson's on a bye, he's been doing really well with the Jaguars. You could try to trade for him because he's on a bye and he technically isn't playing, so you can't see his performance. So try to trade and use the waiver waiver wire as well. Very sound advice indeed. Once again, I'm speaking to Chris and Dom Lardieri, the the guys behind the Domination Sports Nation. You got to go ahead and check out their podcast each and every week when it drops. The last thing I wanted to touch on that's major and important in the fantasy football world is since it is week seven and we're almost at that halfway point, I think people need to now start taking a, a, you know, just to sit down for a few extra moments this week and look at your roster and realize if there's any changes that need to be made, you need to start becoming more aggressive when it concerns trades, because if you're going to start pulling off the trades now is the time. Chris, I want to ask you, as someone who has tried to be aggressive out there in the marketplace before in previous fantasy football leagues, when do you start looking realistically at trades? For me, it's actually in weeks five, six, and seven. I think now is as great a time as any, primarily because of the bye weeks. You might be able to I don't want to say fleece, but maybe get a little more value on your end of the deal. If someone's desperate and you've got a running back on the bench or you're only using in a flex that you can you can part with, and maybe you'll get some good value with a, a strong number two wide receiver, whatever the case may be. So now's the time to do it. And then also, too, you'll start to see there will be some teams that are pulling away. I mean, we're lucky in both our leagues. We have one loss, but then there's this log jam below us with a lot of teams that are you know, maybe have three, four losses. They're still in it, but they're not quite out of it yet. But before the wheels come off and they've got to deal with the ramifications of injuries and bye weeks, they may need to make a trade. This is make or break time. I'm really, I've got some 
really thin running backs here and I need a solid number two or someone I could play every week. Uh, for instance, we've been getting in a couple of our leagues bites on DeAndre Swift, the Lions running back. We haven't parted with him yet. He's put up decent numbers, a solid number two running back. But if the price becomes right and someone gets desperate for a guy who's a starting running back, maybe not the greatest offense, but he's a lot better than what's out there. Maybe we make that deal, but I would, I would definitely preach patience and selective strategic type. I don't want to say fleecing, like I mentioned earlier, but you know, look for that value. This guy, I'll, let me go through his lineup. Yeah. He's really got no depth at wide receiver. Let's see if he wants to make a deal or he or she, I should say. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with inside sports fantasy football for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts there you go dom i wanted to ask you this is again the time period i think that you need to start looking hard at doing trades because as the weeks go by and as it gets closer to the, te- the trade deadline, it gets harder to pull off those deals because people get more desperate and more desperate and the trade that they ask for is a more unrealistic seemingly as it gets closer and closer to the trade deadline. Sometimes you get lucky and like Chris says, you get to fleece quote unquote somebody, but usually I find that people get more desperate as it gets closer to that deadline. Yes, and my dad told me a trick as well: buy low, sell high. So you have a running back, or you have a running back or receiver coming off a great week, and you're looking to trade for someone, deal them and try to get more out of them than what they should be priced for. So I, I think that's a good tactic. Once again, it's Chris and Dom Lardieri, the guys behind the Domination Sports Nation. Before we head on out, guys, and before we preview the, your best matchups for fantasy football owners out there for NFL Week 7, I think I smell it. That's right. I think I think we're going to be heading down to a certain place. We're going to be going, that's right, to the woof, woof, woof. We're going to be heading to the doghouse. Thank you, and I'd also like to thank the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen last week on a, an epic Monday night football game. They went for it on fourth and one, where they could have tied the game and gone to overtime, but Yours truly was happy as I picked the Titans, home dogs, getting five and a half, and they won outright. Always always nice to see. Looking again this week, there are definitely some odd lines, kind of a week slate of NFL matchups. The Titans are at home against the Chiefs, and they're actually getting points again, four and a half. And while I'm tempted to go to the well again in the uh, interest of entertainment, I won't pick them again, but that's definitely an intriguing price, I'll say, right there. And then you've got two lopsided games where – the Cardinals are giving 18 points to the Texans in Phoenix. And then you've also got the Rams at home in SoFi and Englewood giving 16 to the Lions. Those look like college football lines, and I'm always tempted to take them, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. So instead, I found one of my favorites, the home dog, the Miami Dolphins. You know, most teams take their bye week right after London. Not sure why the Dolphins opted out of that for whatever reason, but it looks like the Vegas odd make, odds makers don't seem to like that they've got some sort of jet lag still, plus a poor performance against the Jaguars down the stretch and blowing that game in London this past Sunday. The line open with the Dolphins as favorites. It's now the Falcons are giving two and a half to the Dolphins down there in Miami. 
I'm going to take the Dolphins as sloppy as they looked, as up and down as two has been. Uh, I saw some flashes of brilliance from Jalen Waddle. We managed to pick up in a league, but I just don't see the Atlanta Falcons being worthy of being favored against the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins have had a rough year, but uh, I think they'll turn it around. I have little or no faith in Matt Ryan. I have little or no faith in much on the Falcon side of the ball, except, of course, for young Waku. I'd really like it to be three points, but I'll take it. I'll go out on a limb and say the Dolphins win outright or I'll maybe lose a close one by two. So hopefully the streak continues, Dolphins. Let's see if they can continue here in the doghouse. There you go, indeed. And if you have any questions for Chris, Dom, or myself, you can go ahead and hit us up at isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or as well at insidesportsff on Twitter. That's isfantasyfootball or at insidesportsff on Twitter as well. Guys, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and say thank you so much for stopping by and checking us out at the Inside Sports Fantasy Football Show. But before we head on out, Week 7 in the NFL, Dom, are there any matchups in Week 7 you're particularly looking at as favorable for fantasy football owners? Yes, I am looking at the NFC West, the Rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are playing the Texans. They're hosting them. So if you have Kyler Murray or I saw Christian Kirk is on the waiver wire this week, uh, start DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green as well. Any of those players, you got to start them. It's going to be a beat down Arizona. And then also at SoFi Stadium, Jared Goff's homecoming. He's finally coming back to play against Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. But for the Lions, they are yet to win a game. So the Rams will definitely beat them. With I, I will definitely start Matthew Stafford, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, or Robert Woods, any of those players. There you go. That's pretty much uh, unspoken called for because it looks like they're going to be very favorable matchups for both the Arizona Cardinals and also the Los Angeles Rams as far as for fantasy football is concerned. But Chris, is there any matchups you're looking at, especially for fantasy football owners in NFL Week 7? Tom hit it on earlier. I like any Panthers against this Giants defense. They're in disarray on the offensive side of the ball. There are so many injuries. I really don't see how they're going to put up any points. Dare I say this is a week you start, Sam Darnold, wondering if uh, the ghosts may suddenly reappear as they did at the Meadowlands once when he was playing the Patriots. But I don't think they'll be wearing the blue with a red stripe of the New York Giants uniforms. And then, too, you know, with the bye weeks, you're going to have to start streaming defenses. We got lucky in the waiver wire, picked up the Saints playing the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Not a great game unless you're looking forward to the return of the Manning brothers like we are. But with the way Geno Smith's been playing and Tyler Lockett's been kind of marginalized, I think the Saints are a a decent pickup as a a defense this week. Not the most exciting fantasy matchup to, to keep an eye on, but as we learned last week, we had the Colts defense against the Texans and those late game garbage time, cheap fumbles and interceptions add up. And we won a close one last week. Thanks to thanks to that. So those little points can add up as the season goes on. Well, there you go indeed. But please, if you have any questions, once again, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or at inside sports FF on Twitter. That's isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or at InsideSportsFF on Twitter as well. Please, if you have any starting lineup questions, trade offers that you're currently pondering, you need help or advice, if it's a yay or nay, we love doing that kind of stuff. So please, if you get a shout out for us, it's at InsideSportsFF on Twitter or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. 
Well, guys, looking forward to another action-packed week. A little bit less action-packed, though, because a lot of high-powered offenses are on the shelf for this bye week. But still, it should be some good action. Looking forward to NFL Week 7 and then getting back in touch with you guys next week right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.